Welcome back to Mrs. King's Chronicles, a podcast for the fans and by the fans of the 80s hit television show, Scarecrow Mrs. King. I am Taya Johnston, and I'm joined by my lovely friends and partners in crime, Lexi Fema and Jen Peterson. We will be discussing season four's Any Number Can Play. For those of you paying attention, you'll note that this is part of our revised order. We just couldn't let Lee spend Christmas Eve with Philip and Jamie King and then introduce himself to Philip the following episode. This episode was filmed 11 out of 22, but it was shown 12th. No doubt to allow, Santa's got a brand new bag to play closer to Christmas. This episode originally aired on January 2nd, 1987. Yep, that's right. It's our first episode of 1987, and it leaves us with only 11 to go until the end of the series. This episode was directed by Harvey Laidman. We've talked about Mr. Laidman many times as he's directed 10 episodes of SMK, all from season three and four. His next and final one is Suitable for Framing, also known as Amanda Light episode number whatever. <laughs> Mr. Laidman was born in February 1942 in Warren, Ohio, graduated from USC Cinema School and has 52 directing credits, which include lots of great 80s shows like Knott's Landing, Falcon Crest, The Dukes of Hazard, Airwolf, Knight Rider, Magnum P.I., Quantum Leap, and the list goes on. Lynn Kelsey wrote this episode. She wrote five other episodes in the series, like Harvey. All of them have been from season three and four. She was credited as a story editor for 21 season three and four episodes. In fact, she was the executive story editor for 17 of the 22 season four episodes. She also wrote for Private Benjamin, The Paper Chase, and Murder, She Wrote. As far as guest stars, we'll be highlighting the careers of three from this episode. The first is James Noble, who played Harry Barringer, Beaumont, whatever you want to call him. He was born in March 1922 in Dallas, Texas, and died in March 2016 in Connecticut at the age of 94. He served in the Navy during World War II, awesome, and studied in the Actors Studio in New York. He's done stage and soap operas. He met his wife while acting in Pygmalion, and they were married for nearly 50 years before he died, and they had one child. I remember him from my childhood as Governor Gatling in Benson, but he's also guest starred in shows like Starsky and Hutch, Heart to Heart, Fantasy Island, and Love Boat. His last acting job was as Father Easter in a short entitled Consequential Lies in 2011. Our second guest star is Barry Saddles, who played the slimy Miles Trent. Mr. Saddles started his acting career in 1951 on Search for Tomorrow, which I believe was a soap opera. Uh, he must have been a baby or a very young child because he didn't act again until the 80s in shows like Airwolf, Simon and Simon, Remington Steel, Hotel, Fantasy Island, Dallas, Hardcastle, and McCormick, Magnum P.I., and he was in 12 episodes of Cagney and Lacey. I seem to remember him being a boyfriend to Cagney, I think a lawyer or something. He has 39 acting credits, and his last acting job was in 2020 as Roddick in Choke. The final guest we'll be spotlighting is Annie Gagan, uh, who played the casino manager. She's got 41 acting credits and started her acting career in 1972 in Isfan Hani in New York as Susan and went on to appear in General Hospital, Dallas, Newhart, TJ Hooker, Highway to Heaven, Murder, She Wrote, Falcon Crest, Knott's Landing, Family Matters, Chicago Hope, Passions, The Sweet Life of Zach and Cody. And her final gig was in 2012 in a short film entitled Jerry and Tom. And that does it for the guest stars. 
In this episode, Dottie's new beau turns out to be a man with a false name and a debt to the mob. Um, so for this episode, we have the shooting draft, and it's dated October 13th, 1986. So this one was filmed kind of early because we have, it wasn't shown until January. Usually they're like, they're only like a month ahead. So that's interesting that this, although it's a shooting draft, but still it's pretty, that's pretty far ahead. Yeah, definitely. So anyways, there are some changes, not drastic ones. I will say that, but there are some interesting things. I know it's shocking for everybody, but we're, we're seeing uh, Washington DC at night. Rarely do we get to see this. <clears throat> we are in kind of like in a deserted street. It's late. We have uh, this guy really pressing this other guy who, do you guys recognize that guy? Anybody know who that is? Not the slimy guy, but the, the um, Senator I Castleton. I did, I did recognize him, but. But you can't place it? No. Okay. Uh, it was another SNK episode. For sure. It was. He was Douglas Harriman in Double Agent. So season two, remember the guy that wrote the book? Uh, and was going to expose Amanda as being a civilian and all that, blowing Operation Sandstorm and all that. Lexi's trying, she's like, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> nope, no, not Great at all. Guys, no idea. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Granted, you've only Smile seen, that. you've only seen Smile this that. show twice. You've only seen that episode twice, so. I will give mm-hmm. you the benefit of the doubt on that one. But yeah, so he was the he was the bastard that wrote that that tell all and then ended up dying. So, yeah. So now he's uh another slimy character, not quite as slimy as uh Trent Miles Trent here, but um he is definitely um not not a good guy. We we later find out, you know, he was having an affair with his secretary. He was gambling you know when he shouldn't be you know all these different things uh and he's being blackmailed and he then commits suicide and all that stuff major spoiler alert but come on it's season four by now you need to watch this stuff already so anyways right yeah but that is douglas harriman so he's steve easton is the uh, the actor um that played both uh harriman and castleton the extension of the guest stars you probably talked about it I didn't because we already had talked to about him in Double Agent, so I didn't. Um, I I wanted, you know, what I wanted to do. I wanted to take somebody who was like an obscure character, like the the casino manager, and kind of like mention her, like like we're some big yeah, fancy right. show that she's gonna be like, oh my god, I was on this podcast. She won't, but of course, you know, I just kind of thought of it like that, like you know, she we always go with the big, more flashy people, you know. Um, more well known, so I thought, oh, it'd be kind of nice to do something different. That's why I picked her instead of Thanks. instead of that one. Yeah. But I did contemplate it. Uh, so, anyways, getting back to uh, Mr. Slimy and Mr. Slimier, Miles Trent is pretty much blackmailing Senator Castleton. He's got him right where he wants him. You know, he's he's in debt to him, and the guy's like, you know, I can't take any more out of my account because my wife will notice it, and he's being pressured. And he said, well, you know, we can barter. Instead of cash, you know, because I know you, you're short on cash, we can barter. And he's like, well, what do you want? And he's like, oh, well, I just happen to need, you know, your vote on an important bill. And he's like, no. And he's like, all right, well, then, you know, you're going to get exposed. Which one's worse? So apparently they were both worse because he killed himself. Yeah. Spoiler yeah, alert. But yeah, he, he does. Uh, and he drowned. So no one wants to end up in the Potomac. No. All those bad chemicals in there. 
<laughs> I knew you were thinking that. I knew you were thinking that. It is. Yeah. It's, it's kind of gross and dirty, right? Yeah. So that's that's his uh, unfortunate demise, which we find out in a few seconds here anyways. So he's like, here's an idea. Instead of paying in cash, let's barter. <laughs> the vote on the handgun bill. I wonder what way he wanted him to vote. He's like, you're despicable. He goes, if you think I'm going to give up my lifelong dream for some stinking, he goes, hey, let's not go into name calling, which in the script, the guy, he actually says, you're a despicable piece of slime. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> but they didn't say Jeez. it in the, he didn't say it here. He's like, you're just, he's like, let's, before we go into the name calling, let's, let's chill out a little bit. He goes, I'm trying to help you out. I'm a good guy. He goes, I mean, the consequences, it's a lot easier to take the, than taking public humiliation. Think about it, Senator. You don't have to give me your answer now. Just take, say, until the vote comes up tomorrow to make up your mind. And he's like, I'll be what in touch. What would you guys do? Well, I'll tell you what, Jen. What I wouldn't do I just... is I wouldn't have an affair, first off. And then I wouldn't go gamble my life away either. That's Over probably ball. what no, I would do. I've never, <laughs> I've never been faced with blackmail Well, that's because you don't do the despicable things, you know. But I might just want to say, "All right, bring it on," and just take your take your lumps. Yeah, I think so too. Mm -hmm. But like Jen, let's think about it. What if somebody, some company, wanted you to sign off on their some chemical spill or something like that, and they like blackmailed you? What would you do? Oddly enough, that's kind of happened in that my manager is one of the same thing to sign off on. I actually, I wow. shouldn't really be saying this, but okay, a past job, I, my, I'll just say in general, someone said to me, uh, if you want your merit increase, which we get as state workers just every year, no way. Then, then I want you to develop this, I'll just call it white paper, the way I want it written. <gasps> Oh my God! I hope you told them to shove that thing up there. You know what? Yeah, it was a very awkward position to be in. I did end up getting help from other employees and kind of like exposed it. But yeah, that was that was the first time I was blackmailed specifically for my livelihood to wow do certain things a certain way. Yeah, there were not my naivete in that people are out there doing the right thing all the time. <laughs> when I was when I was 23 and it was just when I had just moved up here, you know, up this way from the other side of the state. And uh, uh, I worked for a construction company, okay, as a, a project manager, okay, for for a company that uh, built like three quarter of a million dollar houses. I worked there three weeks. He wanted me. I'm a notary. Okay. And I was back then too. At 23. Okay, he, he, he put this to me. He wanted me to notarize signed waivers, lien waivers, that he had paid vendors when, in fact, he didn't pay them. Oh, yes. God. And I'm like, I will not sign say, that. I said, absolutely not. This. I said, <laughs> absolutely not. And the next day I quit. <laughs> I quit because oh, I, I yeah, didn't want to yeah, work for anybody yeah. I didn't care. I didn't want to work for anybody. And we were closing on our house. So it was super important that I had a job, but I could not work there anymore. I was just not, not going to compromise my 
sell for that? I mean, that's the thing. I mean, I think I could say what I've done in the past and what I would do and what I know I would do. But when the stakes get very high, yeah, you know, yeah. when like your whole life is built on a house of cards that someone could just pull the bottom right. row out, that, that I, yeah, I don't know. But yeah, I'd probably just have to say, all right, then. Because, just take your lumps. I, yeah, I just can't it, live like that. Yeah, it's, I, I feel like it would be far worse, the guilt and the waiting for the other shoe to drop constantly would just eat me, mm-hmm. eat away at me. Yeah. I don't yes. think I could do it. But, but yeah. Clearly, blackmail's an effective tactic through history. <laughs> what you want. For sure. It, it's also been the demise of so many people. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. On the good side and the bad side. Mm-hmm. But, you know, be, and, you know, we've talked about this before, but being a woman, I think there is a lot more subtle blackmail that goes on. Oh, uh, especially in the 90s. Away with it. <laughs> Yeah, they think they could get away with it, and yep. I think that's somewhat what happened with me. So, I don't know. Hopefully, mm. people are putting it into that, but it's hard. Yeah. You don't think you're going to see that stuff, but you do. It's oh, yeah. It's shocking to me. Yep. A lot of quid pro, pro quo, for sure, in the 90s <laughs> that I have I had to go through, you know? Didn't didn't do yeah, it. I, I, I do I, I do hold myself like, okay, I'm proud of myself, because in the 90s, I was young, you know, 20s. Like Lexi is now, you know, in your twenties, you're, you don't know, you're not as confident about yourself. You might like when I was in my twenties, I thought I was so confident and everything. Right. But now looking back on it, I was like, God, I didn't know so much, you know, but mm-hmm. looking back on it, I'm like, no, I'm proud of myself. I didn't, I didn't fall for a lot of things that I could have easily fallen for and, right. and fallen into because men were being complete asshole men you know mm-hmm. yeah where it could have well, you know you could have easily been like oh I didn't realize that that was going to put me in this situation you know but I I I I'm proud of myself for knowing like like in that situation I just said I knew that was not right and I wasn't going to do that and he wasn't going to you know make me do that my integrity was was there and and I didn't feel like well, I want to keep this job. I have to keep, no, screw that. I can always get another job, you know? Sure. So I'm, I'm proud of myself that way. Yeah. I don't, I don't have, I don't have any regrets mm-hmm. in life. I don't think that I can think of. I remember all I said was I would hope I would get my increase on the merits of my job. Good for you. Is, and then I walked out. Yeah. I don't know what else to say. I was like, right? I don't even know how to address this right how now. How long ago was that? Like how, like decades or like? Yeah, it was okay. early on. Yeah, so. so early on. So early on when you didn't have the credentials that you have now. Yeah, you know? I mean, it's, it's still a shocking thing to try to address in the moment. You yeah. Know, you want to come up with something clear to say that's appropriate, but I was just at a loss, so that's all I said. No, that's, that, <laughs> it, honestly, that's textbook. That was perfect, what you said. Yeah. <laughs> From the HR uh, yeah. expert. Right. It totally is, though. That was really, that's exactly what you should have said, and that's what you did, and that was awesome. But you know what? There's a lot of people that don't didn't, and you know what? Not to say that they were, if, if somebody did do that, they were put in a really horrible situation you know it's not there's no bad reaction to it in that sense you know for the person having that done to them but shame on those that person that did that to you and shame on the person that did that to me you know like they they were at least in my situation I don't know about yours Jen but mine was definitely an older person and knew better and they should not have put me in that situation in the first place you know 
Well, it does depend on what support you think you have. I mean, some HR departments are good, some are not. Yeah. I, I think I heard about the same time one of the advice that get, given to the one of my other colleagues from HR was if, if this is happening or something bad is happening, just hang up on the person or run away. That was, that was the solution. <laughs> you know, like if you're if you're faced with like something, Do you, are you, did they say scream too at the same time? I mean, good God! It's like just hang up on them, and I'm like, okay, you're telling me just to hang up on my you know, manager yeah. or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Like, that's not sound like good advice. Sounds wow. like an effective HR department. So now we are at the Kenley Club and Mr. Slickback Hair is coming in all cocky and and he goes straight for Harry and and uh, is kind of schmoozing him. Now that is uh, James Noble, I mentioned, from Benson. That was an 80s show, Lexi, that uh, I know I watched. Did you watch that one, Jen? Benson? Oh, yeah. yeah, with yeah. Robert Guillaume. And yeah, that, that was, was good. Classic, man. Yeah, that was good. He was very, very much, his character here is a lot like the governor in the episode. He was a very, like, uh, friendly and kind of naive type man in that show, too, I think. Didn't you think, get that sense where he was very yeah, friendly yeah. and very sweet? Yeah. Yeah. So we are in a kind of a back room casino um back in the day you didn't have them every two feet <laughs> that we do now i don't know about how, do you guys have a lot in oregon or no um we have them on the indian reservation so we have okay. a few indian reservations where there's we that's all we used to have and now we also have the big casinos down in detroit and then you've got some i think those are indian run but my goodness they're everywhere and people are like zombies in there you know, they just sit there and yeah. they're smoking like chimneys and it's crazy. We go and play every once in a blue moon just for fun. But man, a lot of these people just sit there and they're just like zombies hitting the button, hitting the buttons, you know. Uh, what a life. I don't understand that. I feel and like. you're just like trapped they're... inside and there's no windows. And yeah. Right. And I, what drives me crazy. But they're, they're also getting their, their money siphoned off i mean they're they're i'm sure most of them are losing their their money you know that's the well that's why the casinos you know are popping up so much because they're making hand over fist on this stuff mm-hmm. back in the 80s it wasn't it was always backroom stuff and you had to you know unless you're in vegas you had to do this kind of thing uh, in the back rooms and illegal and so that's what this seems to be but for very rich people uh very posh place we see harry so he you know obviously he's somebody that we will be seeing in the episode uh but then harry just tells uh trent that he's not doing so well and 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 trent is just telling him oh you know i i feel like your luck is just gonna turn around and which is what a lot of people think oh just as one more bet's gonna make me win back all the money i've lost kind of thing but then he goes over back over to the craps table and uh, who does he see? Who's he? Who's he on a date with? <laughs> oh, yeah. daddy, daddy, Our daddy! Yeah, she does look flashy. Those that lapel man. Woo! Mm-hmm. She is not happy. She is. She <laughs> is giving off the prickly. I want to go home. <laughs> mm-hmm. Take me home now, kind of vibe. So he's like, I'm gonna double down. And he starts pulling out cash, and she's like, You're gonna bet some more? Like you've already lost so much, dude. And then I love this. This is, I think this is kind of that theme that we're going with tonight is she's empowered and she's like, I want to go home now. And he's like, daddy, she goes, now I, 
I, I do know how to call a cab. So like, I'm not worried about you take me home or I'm going to call a cab, which I really yeah, like, you know, when she raises her finger. Yes. And those sharp little <laughs> nails she has. Yes. Mm-hmm. But I do like that. It's like an empowered, you know, I don't need to get home with you, but I will allow you to take me home. But if not, if you're not ready to go, then I'll, I'll call a cab. Yeah. No worries about it. And he kind of gives her a look like, uh, she's serious. So let's mm-hmm. go. <laughs> Trent doesn't look too happy, though, that he's leaving. No, not at all. Yeah, his little meal ticket. So now we're at Amanda's, <laughs> and we hear the TV on, and they're snuggled up eating popcorn and such. Now, obviously, when they filmed this, there was nothing on the TV. They were just staring at the blank TV, and then they just imposed this on here. Now, we've talked about this episode, this this show that they've done. It's the Valley of the Guanji, and it's owned by Warner Brothers, so therefore they don't have to pay uh, any licensing to show this but it's hilarious because they're like so engrossed in this movie and they're like oh wow yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they're watching them they should have yeah. just shown them watching it and nothing on the i know and just no TV. <laughs> yeah. because it's just ridiculous to show them watching a dinosaur like they're movie so into it <laughs> yeah it's like what they can't even yeah. look at each other they're Mom, just looking at it it's so good right. <laughs> You know, somebody was having fun picking that one out. Yeah. Um, Amanda's saying that everything worked out because they haven't gotten a chance to spend time together in weeks. The boys got to go fishing with their dad. And then her mom's been out with Harry multiple times this week. So, and they they each take like one piece of popcorn each time to show that they're eating, but then that leaves them they so they can still talk and not have a bunch of food in their mouth. Because you know, when you eat popcorn, you grab like a handful. Our first kind of change in the script is uh this whole kind of exchange between lee and amanda on the couch so lee says that's the third time this week sounds like your mother's smitten and amanda laughing says smitten well yeah she does seem to think harry's pretty special and if frequency of dates is any indication he feels the same way she turns lee's wrist to check his watch it's late mother will be home soon lee embracing her says so let's quit wasting time they kiss Then he caresses her cheek lovingly. Lee continuing says, do you know how much I love you? Amanda says, remind me. They kiss again and with more heat this time. After a beat, a beeping sound comes from Lee's pocket. As they part, Amanda says, continuing, she goes, wow, beeps. Lee fishes the beeper from his pocket and shuts it off. He goes, you give me too much credit. That's the proximity alarm I set up out front. Someone's coming from someone's coming up the front walk. The only person it could be at this hour is, and Lee and Amanda both say at the same time, your mother, and she says, my mother. As if on cue, they hear the sound of daddy's key in the lock. They leap up from the couch and ad-lib quick goodbyes. He heads out the back. Amanda grabs a book at random and jumps back on the couch, remembering at the last moment to remove her engagement ring. She is seated with a book open on her lap when daddy enters, looking preoccupied. She's a bit surprised to see Amanda. Oh, hello, dear. Amanda says, hello, mother. And no, I wasn't waiting up for you. I just wanted to finish this chapter before I went to bed. How was the date? And then Dottie crosses to uh, to the closet and put away her coat. She says, fine. And then Amanda says, fine. When you got home from your date with Harry Tuesday night, you woke, you woke me up to give me a course-by-course description of the dinner. What's wrong? Dottie comes over to sit beside Amanda. She goes, Amanda, tonight I found out something awful about Harry. He gambles. She goes, he gambles? You mean like the lottery? (laughs) 
And then she says, no, I mean like craps in the back room of the private club. You know, yo, Levin, come on, little Joe, snake eyes, hard way aid. <laughs> and Amanda goes, mother. <laughs> she goes, I think that's how it goes. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> Isn't that funny? I, I wish we would have had that. That was a little more romantic than them, what, like, scarfing popcorn oh, down yeah. and watching the dinosaurs. Yeah. What did he say? Like, show me your love or show me how much you love me? I was no. like, oh, that's kind of No, she said, she said, remind me. Like, remind oh, yeah. me. Because he says, I, you know how much I love you? And she goes, remind me. And then right. he's like, goes in for the Jeez. kiss a little more. So she Lynn Kelsey apparently uh, wanted to give us a little more romance, but somebody else had other ideas, I guess. Best. They said, this is a family show yeah. at 8 p.m. <laughs> you will watch the Valley of the Guanji. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing fun. Oh, my God. They have to be here because of Dottie in the storyline here. But if I were them, I'd never be there. I know. It'd be over at least place. Right, because I mean, no one's going to bug you. Well, so Dottie comes in, and uh, she's definitely a little saddened. We, there's yellow mums on the counter, too, by the way. I found out something very unsettling about Harry. He gambles. What do you mean he gambles? He plays craps in the back room of a private club. I mean, you know, yo, Levin, come on, little Joe. Uh, snake eyes, hard way eight. That's how it goes. And so Dottie had no idea, and she said, he's a private person. I don't even know his phone number. She goes, you don't. I know what you're thinking. And it's like, Amanda, I... It, Threw me back to um, Amanda in uh, The Artful Dodger when he's like, Amanda, bad guys don't give you, merry guys and creeps don't give you phone numbers or, you know, that kind of thing. It just reminded me that it was really cute. Yeah. How far Amanda's come, you know? Mm -hmm. And she goes, and you don't know where he lives. She goes, mother, (laughs) what do you know about Harry? She goes, I know he's, that he's wonderful that he's witty and Amanda's just shaking her head and then he's charming and that and that he drives a gorgeous Bentley. Now in the script he actually drives a Rolls Royce. So, I don't know why they changed it but they did change it to Bentley. Maybe they couldn't get a Rolls Royce and so they changed it cuz he does drive off in a Bentley later. So maybe that's why. But in the script uh she says and he drives a Rolls Royce and Amanda says if I had come home and told you that was all I knew about a boy I was dating, you would have locked me in my room for 3 years. And Dottie says touche. Mm-hmm. Well, Amanda should be suspicious given Yes. Well, I and you know she's going to go that way anyway. Part, yes. But then that's usually you don't know anything about somebody. Right. In the script also Amanda says, "I like Harry too." So obviously Amanda has already met Harry in this in the script. Uh, but um, but maybe you'd better cool it. After all, he's not the only man you date. <laughs> and then Dottie says about, you know, and we see this in the film version, uh, that Captain Kurt is a million laughs and that she has a good time with him. And Mr. Johansson is the last of the red hot lovers. Ew. And it would have been funny if Amanda just kind of went like shivered, you know, like uh, any of us would do if we were hearing our mom talk like that. Yes, exactly. And then she says, and Mr. Aiken, she's like, well, Mr. Aiken, she's like, I mean, he makes a good fourth at bridge. Mm -hmm. Poor Mr. Aiken. That's all he's got to his name. Yeah, apparently. Now, remember, this is before the uh, little blue pill that would have helped all these older gentlemen. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm sure it was probably uh, very uh, hard to pick somebody, (laughs) somebody that like the last of the red hot lovers, apparently. (laughs) 
Yes. Oh no. They all serve their functions for her too. So oh, no it's so gross. <laughs> She's got her oh, she She's got her good time guy. She's got her lover. Yeah. Oh my She's god. She's ready to go. She totally is. I do think they make a cute couple though, Donnie Hurry. and Harry. Hurry, her and Harry. Yeah, she yeah. seems. And this one, she's like, you know, I feel like. Harry and her, you know, she's saying she, that she feels that her and Harry could have something deeper, uh, more permanent, which is a, kind of early on. They just started dating. I mean, they've been going out a lot. So they're, you know, I guess it might be that she just has that chemistry, maybe that she feels like that. I don't know how, because he's such a bum. Like, even she gets mad with like the gambling thing, like of all the guys, like Kevin, yeah. um, Kurt. it's Kurt, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Kevin Kurt. He, he was a babe. I mean, like, remember him being standing? Oh, yeah, he was, like, 50. I can't, I can't. Let's not talk about him. Um, that one freaks me out. Yeah. He's my husband's age. Like, compared yeah. to Harry, though, the who's, like, all bomb off the like, street gambling his money away. Yeah. Like, I can't yep. believe that yeah, all of them, it's Harry, and she doesn't even know his phone number, where he lives. She knows nothing about him. She's like, oh, no, no, no. But, you know, maybe it's because, maybe it's because, uh, it's just that chemistry, you know, sometimes you, you can have a guy that's like so nice and perfect for you, but you just don't have that chemistry. So it's like, eh, he's just like a friend, you know, and then you have people that like you have chemistry with and they're like so not good for you kind of thing. So maybe yeah. it's like that, I guess. When somebody lies to you like that, I mean, that's that's indicative of other issues. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And if they're showing you their bad habits right at the beginning. Too, at the like beginning. The beginning's the- like, yeah. they're going to be in their best behavior, yes. and he's already showing her that. Like, right. Mm, and she she only made. found out, he wasn't going to tell her, she only found out because of Amanda. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, it's so funny, Dottie's such a drama queen on this, and she's like, well, if we could just make a few discreet inquiries. Don't say we, mother. Amanda, you work with a lot of government types. Now, if they could just find out just a little bit about Harry. Mother. Just, you know. Mother. That would really be bending the rules. Okay, I'll ask. (laughs) Oh, darling. I feel so much better. Don't you? Yeah, I feel better. I knew you would. Did you have a nice evening? Oh, yeah. It's pretty quiet. Just me and my popcorn, my book. Yeah. You know, you're a lot like I am. You love to read a good dictionary. <laughs> Her ears lower. She's just like, oh. Donnie yeah. always knows how to just hammer it home. Those zingers, you know. Totally. Well, especially in the script, it would have been funnier because she's like, just me and my book. But in the script, she in the film version, she says, just me and my book. But in the uh, script, she says, oh, I wanted to read another chapter of my book. Well, a dictionary does definitely does not have chapters. Right. <laughs> That's so cute. And then she kind of looks at it and goes, oh, well. Mm -hmm. Oh, there's that spy lady uh, walking with her dog out in front of the agency again. She's got a routine. Yes, she does. Gotta walk. Gotta walk. It's good for you. (laughs) Wearing the same outfit every day. Yeah, every day. Now in the script, no, now we're at the agency, but in the script, uh, Amanda's actually in this, in this um, scene, but she's not in it uh, for this, for the actual film version. I do like the teal color. Uh, I don't like Francine's hair here. I like the teal uh, jacket. Why don't you like her hair? It it's kind of like flat and then spread out. I don't know. It just kind of looks. I see what you're saying. I don't mind it, but it's that top part. Um, I don't, it's like that, you know. I see what it looks, you're like saying. It looks like there was a styling problem, like 
maybe they started and she put a hat on and then <laughs> <laughs> and then it kind of pushed it down. I don't know. Yeah, it, it, I like it that I've way, seen generally. it look better is all I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. But I do like the teal coat because, you know, that's my color is teal now. Yeah. I just, it's it's more so in season four, it's Lee's hair. I hate that, like, late the, 80s Lee the hair. The spiky, it's like a mullet. Yeah. It wants to I be a like mullet. It it's like a mullet. It's short on top and spiky, and then it's a mullet in the back. Yeah. Business in the front, party in the back? No, not a party. Yeah. Not a fan. I agree. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's still gorgeous. Of course. I mean, whatever. You can make him bald and he'd still be gorgeous, but um, <laughs> definitely not my favorite. This is my least yeah. favorite of his hair. For sure. And Francine's looks like it's she was wearing a hat. <laughs> <laughs> so Francine is reading a letter that our d- dearly departed Senator Castleton has left behind uh, after his demise. Um, he can no longer bear the burden of his personal shame. And I won't disgrace the family I love so dearly. And then that's all. So he was found in the Potomac, drowned, parents, a parent suicide, and at least immediately goes to this has got to be a blackmailing uh, issue due to the, the shame part, right? And then for the once, Billy says, Francine, this one's yours. What? Right. <laughs> it's, that never gets uttered. <laughs> she mm-hmm. kind of gets up like, she kind of like straightens up a little bit like, oh, this one's mine. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so she's going to liaison with the ETF. What is ETF? Anybody know? Something task force. <laughs> Maybe elephant task force. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Oh, I like her earrings. They match with the, it's got brass in there with the teal. And then Billy's saying, maybe we'll uncover the senator's shame and exactly what that is. I wonder why they didn't think it was uh, murder. Did he leave a note, you think? He le- Yeah, they just read it. I just read that. Oh, oops, missed it. <laughs> Glad you were paying attention to me. <laughs> Yeah, he left that note and said he could no longer now. bear the shame and didn't want to put his family through that, that he loves so dearly. So, so it could have been faked, but yeah, I guess. Yeah, it, it could have been. They, for I guess for what they what they see at the surface of what they saw, that it, it's that's why they said that's an apparent suicide. And that's why she needs to check it out just to make sure. Well, it wouldn't make sense for the blackmailers to kill him. but Exactly. Um, that's but their meal ticket. He was into something. He was into something. Right, right. right. And yeah, it's weird that he would drown because yeah. don't usually guys don't they shoot themselves? I thought that was like a statistic. I would think drowning would be one of the worst. I just would not. Want oh, to I go yeah. That way. I'm always like, oh, I would never want to do this. I would, and then I'm like, boy, that pretty much narrows out, uh, gets everything yeah, out of there because I don't want to die anyway, anyway, <laughs> except sleep, falling asleep. <laughs> yeah, there's no way that's that's good. I don't think. Except yeah. maybe, yeah, the falling asleep part. Yeah, because you know, I think. You know, like, uh, I don't want to, I don't want to be buried, you know, thinking, oh, I'll just get burned to death. And I'm like, but you know, that doesn't sound really fun either. I'm like, I don't know which one's worse. You know, they make those natural casts. Oh my God. Those creep me out, John. They creep me out. (laughs) Have you seen them, Lex? So that like the worms can get in there. Do you know what we're talking about, Lex? This is going to be one of my least favorite discussions. So I'm just going to. I'm just gonna tune in. Go, go right ahead. Oh but my I, god, I those creep me. Talking. They creep me out. They're like you. You become a tree. You're like put in the ground and as a tree, and then you grow up. Like the the nutrient. It's gross. Okay. Oh, I don't think it I creeps me out. Version. Oh yeah, it you you go in. No, there's. Oh, I thought that's what you're talking about. They they put you in. Basket, no, they put basket. you in <laughs> the ground. Like they they curve you up like like in a fetal position, and then they put you in with a tree bulb. 
and then you're like the nutrients for the tree and so you live forever they say it creeps me the hell out okay. i yeah uh, you know more about that version than I do. Oh, I saw it and I was like, oh my God, no. <laughs> That's horrible. Yeah, no. Well, it's kind of cool. I mean, being preserved forever is kind of weird too. So I don't know. Yeah, I don't. Know. Well, it's not really forever. Well, I mean, you're all like embalmed and yeah, like. That just... Yeah, we should stop talking about this. Yep. Lexi. Yep. <laughs> Lexi is uh, freaking out over there. I can see. Sorry, Lex. Yeah, it does. It creeps okay. me out too. It creeps me out too. But that's what I mean. Like, like drowning. I'm like, oh, I would never want to be drowned. And then I'm like, I wouldn't want to be shot either. <laughs> I wouldn't want to be stabbed. I wouldn't want to take, you know, pills. I, it's like all these things sound horrible. But yeah, I don't, yeah. I think drowning would be one of the worst. Definitely not a comfortable way to go. No. Ugh. I think it's fast, but I think that moment that you know what's happening would be terrible. Yeah. Ugh. Anyways. Okay. Moving on. We just got really dark <laughs> and deep. I don't know. Do that anymore. Blackmail, death. What else let, can he cover this let's, let's just assume he took some pills and slipped away into the water. Like, nice there you go. Slip. There you go. Yeah, maybe he did that. You never know. An autopsy would tell him that. So now we're we're definitely on the Warner Brothers lot. Uh, they're filming here. This is, um, you know, kind of a shoe shine corner where they're getting, you know, there's a newspaper and shoe shine and and all that. Um, there's a thug in the corner, and then there's a rich guy sitting in the chair and then mr slimy pants comes by all cocky and everything i'm not a i'm not a fan of his hair what about you guys with the slick back do you i I figured you would because it's long yeah and he's a little older too (laughs) i saw a meme today and i thought of you lex it said i'm at the age now where i could date you or i could date your dad it's a that's it's a coin me. toss. That's absolutely me. <laughs> that's me. Yeah. So this guy obviously is working with or for this other gentleman. Edinger is his name. And uh, he's just as much of a slime as the other guy, quite honestly. And he's like, I may have made a mistake with you. He goes, hey, how was I supposed to know the guy was suicidal? And throws in the paper. He goes, it's your business to know. I don't normally involve myself with small-time bedroom blackmailers, you came to me. You felt you were ready for bigger things. I took a chance on you. Now we've lost one of our more illustrious clients. He goes, I still got, I still got one. Don't worry. You know, he's, he's, uh, he's into me for big bucks at the Kenley Club. He goes, classic case of dumb luck. He goes, lucky I decided to give the gambling clubs a shot. Lucky I checked out his car registration or you wouldn't know he was using this Beaumont alias. He goes, it took my resources, I'll remind you, to uncover his CIA connection. I have information about a major defection to be called the Berlin shipment. Very sensitive. Only two men qualified to handle it. One is in the hospital recovering from his last mission, and the other is your dice-playing friend. I want the details on it now. He goes, hey, the guy is CIA. He's a special case. I can't afford to push too hard. You can't afford not to. I know. He goes, I don't normally give second chances, Trent. Try not to waste it. Uh-oh. Out batting the baddie. Mm-hmm. The baddie's not a bad-looking guy either. Usually I don't say that, but he's kind of a good-looking guy. Yep. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. Wholeheartedly. <laughs> okay. So now we're now we're back at the agency, and Amanda is running a background check on Harry. She's doing it herself. But in the script, it's slightly different. The scene still starts the same with Lee saying, in a cosmopolitan city like this, gambling's a fact of life. Though I do think your mom's smart not to go back to that club. 
how'd she meet this Harry anyways? And she says she was window shopping at Grant's Jewelers and they got to talking, which led to a ride in his Rolls Royce, uh, which led to one date, then another. I don't know. Mother told me he lost a bundle last night. And then a beat, she says, she's got it in her head that I could get some, that I could get a background check done on Harry. She said, those government people do it all the time. And Lee says, she's right. Do one. And Amanda says, oh, I don't know. It feels like I'd be prying. And Lee says, you've done dozens of them. She goes, still, it doesn't seem right. Lee sits down at the computer. How does he spell his name? And Amanda quickly says, Beaumont. (laughs) B-E-A-U-M-O-N-T. Lee gives her an amused glance and makes the entry. So in the script, Lee does it because Amanda's too, like, too, feels too bad about it and is feeling guilty. But uh, in this, in the film version, she actually does it and. Which I think this one's a little truer. What we actually see yeah. is truer to what she would do. If someone was going to hurt somebody you loved, you would totally do that. So I, I can see her doing it. Absolutely. So what's the difference if she does what she hasn't needed to do it? Exactly. She's exactly. She's in her, her plaid. You, you always like her in that red and black plaid. Looks. I do. I yeah. love it. Do you guys like Amanda's, uh, Kate's hair pulled up on the sides like that? I don't like how much hairspray. I do like when she wears it some ups and down, but like the, it looks very helmet, like a little stiff. too stiff. Yeah. Yeah. I could see that. Yeah. This is going into like the bad season four hair for her. I think mm-hmm. she kind of comes out of it a little bit. Yeah. Well, she's, but, I mean, pretty soon she's going to be going through like uh radiation at the very least, I think. So that F's up your hair anyways. So yeah, yeah I know this was like the. 80s like kind of just that frizzy permy hair but i just don't like that yeah especially on her yeah it's almost like i know that was the style like fluff it up and everything but it's almost like she's got like crazy micro bangs because they go up so high they're like barely on her forehead even at all that was how it was mine was so tame compared to my friends in school i i mean during this time like i was thinking i was in junior high at this point 87 yeah I was in junior high so like yeah it was definitely everybody had I I'll have to pull out one of my yearbooks and show you it is crazy these girls who had hair that was like three to six inches higher than their their foreheads Mm -hmm. it was like a race to see who could make the highest (laughs) stack their higher the highest I think my mom always did the bangs that were like up and down. Yes, it took her to like the early two thousands to break away from that. It was no, like, that yeah, long. She held on to that for so long. That's how she used to do her bangs. Yeah, I mean nineties, yes, but oh my gosh, behind beyond that, wow. Oh, yeah, I mean it was definitely when my That's brothers crazy. were like babies. So yeah, early two thousands. <laughs> how old's your mom again? You did interview. She uh, was well. I mean, I was I was you know ten at that time. You know, yes. early yes. so. Still, I, I mean, to early two thousands fashion for my age. Ooh, they that was not cute. You know, like they had the the dresses over the jeans. Oh like my god! Yes. Top, the thick belt sitting right on the hips. Uh, um, you know, it's they're like glamorizing it now. Like you know, some of those trends are coming back, like the ultra low hip huggers and. Anyway, I'm I'm trying to say I didn't have any room to talk because when I look back at my <laughs> pictures, oh god. Not cute. In middle school years, I don't think anyone looks good in middle school. Yeah, um, I agree. I agree. But mine was during <laughs> prime 2000s era fashion. Um, so wow. I had no room to talk to give my mom any style <laughs> advice because when I look back at my pictures, I, whew, she, she really let me have some self-expression, um, which is great. Um, yeah. I can't imagine you not having self-expression. Yeah. Yeah. 
That'd be I never had a problem with confidence. I yes. say. Yes. It's very confident no matter how I look. Yep. Oh, God. That's, that's, uh, I, that's what a, anybody would want for their children to have, has, yeah. have the confidence for sure. That's nice. But yeah, the 80s hair, it's, it's always fun. And um, we talked about this before, but like, you know, 80s day at school and whatnot, everyone, you know, you could tell who had parents that grew up in that era. <laughs> they they could really get point. it. <laughs> yes. Yes. Wow. Yeah, I didn't do my bangs that way. Oh, probably nice. only because I didn't. Well, only because my hair was already, you know, with oh, the sure. curls, with the curls and everything. Mm-hmm. I didn't I dare do anything I like I that. I did, but I, had, I mean, I, I think I shared my high school pictures with you guys way back. I think mine were. Okay, so back to the film version. Uh, Amanda's kind of does kind of a harumph, you know, and 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 he goes, "What? Another strikeout?" And she's like, "Yeah." Well, I checked. You know, I've checked the DMV, the Social Security property tax. And she goes, so far, the only Harry Beaumonts I've come up with are a seven-year-old boy in Alexandria and a retired army cook in Tacoma Park. She goes, I mean, mother said he was a private person, but this is ridiculous. He goes, I think our mystery man's working under an assumed name. She goes, yeah, I don't like this. He goes, all right, then. What's the standard procedure in a case like this? She goes, standard procedure? She goes, well, that would be to assemble a personal profile through interviews and surveillance of locations frequented by the subject. <laughs> he goes, all right, in this case, the Kenley Club, I will pick you up at eight. She goes, you don't have to, you don't have to. He goes, we're talking about my future mother-in-law, right? Aw. She goes, yeah. He goes, besides, I might get lucky. And she's like, laughs. And then he kind of gives her a look like, hey, you can't tell me they did not sleep together before they got yeah. married. Come on. Oh, yeah, no. But you think at this point that she's fairly far along in her training. It's a little odd for Lee to ask what the standard I guess you know well, it's a, in the script, I thought it at first a little bit degrading like tell me what the standard procedure is because she's already kind of beyond that well because she way, you know she's but, still studying though she's still I know I so know, in the script it is some basics in the script it's a little different he says okay then freshman agent candidate king what's the standard procedure in a case like this and then she goes on to survey the suspects known hangouts in this case the Kenley Club he goes how about if I pick you up at eight and she says you don't have to come you know this isn't a case he goes hey we're talking about my future mother-in-law besides maybe I'll get lucky (laughs) so cute that's cute Mm -hmm. yeah now we're back at Amanda's house we're going a lot a lot of different places back and forth here but uh now we're back at Amanda's and uh Dottie's having second thoughts about canceling her date with Harry and she goes I did the right thing didn't I? Breaking my date with Harry, didn't I? And she goes, yes, mother, I think you did. Have you talked to any of your government friends yet? And she says, mother, look, those things take time, okay? And she goes, and you're sure you're going to be okay tonight? She goes, yeah. She goes, I wish I could stay home with you, but I forgot all about this film. She goes, gee, I wish you didn't look so depressed. She goes, I'm not depressed, I'm disappointed. She goes, I'm so surprised Harry would be dealing, he, you know, gambling and stuff. He seems to like it so much. She goes, I do love his laugh. He laughs just like your daddy. He had the most wonderful laugh. You know, when we first met, I don't know, something just just clicked. I mean, it was like we were like we were soulmates or something. I guess it sounds sort of silly, doesn't it? And she says, no, I think you were both very lucky. And she says, yeah, we were. Oh, we had wonderful times together. You know, it was so rare to find a man like that once and then let alone twice. And oh, man, I just don't want to mess this all up with Harry. She goes, mother, if it's special, it'll last. She goes, Amanda, I said the same thing to you when you were 16. And she goes, and I know in 17 and 18 and you're right every time. I think that's very, this is kind of a sweet mother-daughter 
little scene here. I think it's very sweet. I like it when they get like all mushy mm-hmm. like that's cute. It's very yeah. real. Yeah. And then she says, why are you wearing that to see a documentary? And then Amanda, without even thinking, she goes, on, on Tractor, she goes, it's a premiere. She goes, and a date with Lee Stetson. She goes, good night, mother. <laughs> and then this is the famous line that everybody always repeats. On a scale from one to ten, he's an 11. And she doesn't want to date him. Ah, my daughter's crazy. <laughs> now, uh, the script is a little different. And we do get a little bit more insight into uh, how long Amanda's mom and dad were married before he passed away, too. Because Amanda says, not silly at all. And then Dottie says, we had 30 wonderful years together. It's rare to find that kind of relationship once, let alone twice. I hope I haven't blown it by overreacting. She goes, you haven't. If it's real, if it's really that special, it'll last. And she goes, no fair. I used that line on you when you were 16. Since when do you get all dressed up for a documentary on tractors? She goes, well, mother, it's the premiere. She goes, I guess when you're dating a man like Lee Stetson. And she goes, I'm not dating Lee Stetson, mother. We're just friends. Gotta go. Love you. Bye. And then leaves. Why would she lie and say she's not dating him? I don't get that part. It's better not to just say anything. <laughs> Yeah, why? Because then you're actually uh, really lying. You're not being evasive. Mm-hmm. You're literally lying. Yeah, and she yeah. said for so long, like for so many seasons, like she doesn't want to lie anymore. So she just, yeah. she's like the queen of evasiveness. Which, right. Yeah, that's so I'm glad they took that out. And then we didn't, yeah, I'm glad they, they actually didn't Good do it. Yeah. So now we're back at the Kenley Club and uh, Lee and Amanda are there. The, he gets the best parking spots. It's always right up front too. Mm-hmm. What do you guys think of her sparkly red outfit? I'd love to see her in a dress. She loves wearing pantsuits. She really does. She's the Hillary Clinton of her time. Oh my God, that's so true. She's got them in every color. Um, Yeah, I'd love to see her in a beautiful dress. Like a red dress would have been just... She's got great shoulders and stuff. Yeah, she has those great shoulder blades and everything. She was feeling dressed and that influenced her clothing decision, but at the same time too, sleeve dress. But yeah. I think if you're gonna wear a pantsuit, it can't be that flashy. Like it's gotta be like more of a simple subtle, thing. And more then subtle. if you're gonna wear a nice dress like Lexi's talking about, like you know, hug a little, then you can go red and you can go sparkly. But to have it that red and sparkly for a pantsuit, yeah, it's just wrong. I don't see. I don't mind the bright color, even if it's a pantsuit. I just would like it to be a little more tailored and less like like if she would have taken off that jacket, it would look like she's running around in pajamas or something. Like like, like a, the pink outfit. Pink. Yep, the yes. pink outfit it's from Mr. Brand. Jacket. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. I do like her in red though. She looks really good in red. Mm-hmm. She looks great yeah. in the rainbow. She looks colors. good in the rainbow. Yeah, <laughs> I was just gonna say that you took it out of my mouth. Yeah. So we're back at the Kenley Club and and Amanda whispers to Lee, I don't see Harry yet. He goes, well, what do you say? We try our luck while we wait, huh? Have you ever played roulette? She goes, yeah, it's pretty easy. Played at the PTA's Monte Carlo night. He goes, uh-huh. Well, it's not easy for everyone. You see, the strategy lies in making bets that minimize the house's edge. And then a few time passes and we, we hear the guy calling out saying, the lady wins again. <laughs> And she wins on Black 20, which is what I always went on, because that's my birthday and my anniversary. So I always picked Black uh, Black 20. So And I always win on it. And uh, so she went on it. And he goes, he, he looks at her like he did. This is reminiscent to uh, the mongoose. It is. Yeah. When she was doing so well at the, mm-hmm. at the table then. And he's like, he whispers to her. And he goes, where is your, where was this, uh, where was this casino night? Las Vegas? 
And then in the script, he says, uh, where is this PTA? Las Vegas? And she says, stop complaining. I won back the money you lost. He goes, you don't have to rub it in. <laughs> cute. It was cute. <laughs> so then uh, as they're playing, she's still trying She's still trying to watch the door. And Harry comes in and she's like, oh, there's Harry. And then she's still trying to play. He goes, 22 black, lady wins again. And he's just looking at her like, Jeez, man, how are you winning all this? Yeah, he should take her back. <laughs> they can uh, put some money aside. <laughs> <laughs> Buy a house. And then uh, Tr- Miles Trent comes up to Harry and he's now he's putting the screws to the guy and he's like, oh, sorry, I almost called you by your real name. So he's letting on that I know who you are and I, I need that money, you know, you that you owe. And he's like, well, I don't have it. I'm strapped for cash. And he's like, you know, the usual, he grabs a napkin off of passerby and, and he says, well, you know, I'll settle for this code name Berlin shipment. You know what I'm looking for. Just have it for me tomorrow. Believe me, if it wasn't in such a bind, I wouldn't ask. Oh, of course you wouldn't. Mm-hmm. And then Harry takes off. And then we have another winner. <laughs> he goes, cash us out. We'll be right back. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to leave all that money. Gosh, she's got quite a bit there. A little stack. And then he takes off in his Bentley and then they, they run out and he goes, did you catch the plates? And she says, LBK 192. So this is one of like five plates that they have because they've used this multiple times. He looks good there. His hair's kind of slicked back a little bit more so it doesn't look Mm -hmm. so spiky. Yeah. And so he calls in the plates and then quickly finds out, he's like, are you kidding me? And then in, in the script, he actually says, well, I'll be a son of a, and then it cuts off. <laughs> but he actually uh, finds out that uh, the plate is, the car is registered to one guy, Van Hagen. He owns an international air freight company. More importantly, he does a lot of work for the government. Van Hagen, Amanda, as in, and she goes, CIA. She goes, my mother's seeing a spy. <laughs> well, of course <laughs> she is. Of course. Why wouldn't she? That's what she expects. (laughs) So then Amanda comes home and uh, Dottie's like, oh, you're home early. She goes, how was the film? She goes, there was no film, mother. She goes, canceled for lack of interest. (laughs) She's like, no, you know, she's trying to tell her that she found out some disturbing news about Harry. She's like, if he's married, I don't want to know. He's not married, but he's not Harry either. His name is Guy Van Hagen and he owns an air freight company. She goes, that doesn't make any sense. Why would he, Harry, use a phony name? She goes, I don't know. Might be some kind of he might be in some kind of trouble. She goes, look, he had a conversation uh, with a man who was about six feet, slick back hair. He was kind of flashy looking. She goes, yes, yes. He was talking to him. They were talking about money, Harry or whatever his name is now. And she goes, Amanda, that's it. He's in debt to the mob. I mean, if we don't do something, he's going to end up with a cement overcoat. She goes, Mother, you've got to calm down. You've really jumping to conclusions now. She's like, you're right. There's got to be a perfectly logical explanation. She goes, oh, poor Harry. I could kill him. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know whether to be mad at him. I don't know whether to be afraid for him. She goes, look, mother, we can't do anything until tomorrow anyway. All right. So I'll ask some more questions and we'll see if we can get to the bottom of this. She goes, I hope it's not the the bottom of the Potomac. (laughs) Is that I'd be like too soon. Was that too soon for Castleton? (laughs) Um, In the script, it's a little different. Um, So. Amanda comes in and she says, oh, canceled for lack of interest. And Amanda takes the buffer off out of 
Dottie's buffering something apparently um, out of Dottie's hands. And Amanda says, non-existent. Mother, we've got to talk. I asked around about Harry like you wanted, but I couldn't find out anything. So we went to the Ken- Kenley Club tonight. And Dottie says, who's we? She goes, me and Lee Stetson. She goes, the one you're not dating. And she goes, I've seen him a few times, very casually. Anyway, I didn't get a chance to talk to Harry, but I did find out something disturbing. And she goes, Amanda, if he's married, please don't tell me. <laughs> so again, she's just saying now she's finally admitting that she's just dating him casually. Um, you have an engagement ring. Hello. Right. Yeah. Just admit you're dating him. I mean, it's just your mom. It's not like she's telling Francine or something. Yeah. Well, and it kind of comes out at the end anyway, a little bit. So yeah. I don't know why she keeps it. Such a I know. Secret. I know. It's yeah. When I'm, uh, Dottie says, Harry could be getting a cement overcoat. Amanda says, overshoes, mother. Calm down. So she's even correcting her on her lingo. (laughs) It's kind of funny. All right, now we're back at the agency. And Lee is on the phone. He's just wrapping up. And he says, okay, thanks. We'll take it from here and we'll get back to you. Thank you very much. She goes, guess who I was just talking to? And she's like, who? He goes, Guy Van Hagen. She goes, great. Are we going to talk to him? He goes, no, we we really can't afford the time to fly to West Germany. And she's like, this is Guy Van Hagen. So... I got in touch with him through CIA. He's he's more of a company cousin, unofficially official, but he carries a Delta Green clearance. He's in West Berlin right now assisting in a hot defection, something codenamed the Berlin shipment. She goes, does he know about Harry Beaumont? He goes, no, but he does have an employee that fits his description, a guy named Harry Berrigan. So they're now printing out uh, some information, and, and she says, Berrigan, Harold T., 57 occupation personal assistant well he lost some age some years on his uh, on his life because in the script he's 60 so that was nice again they made him 57 <laughs> right <laughs> i'm sure he appreciated that so lee says that van hagen told him that that berrigan house sits for him when he goes out of the country so that explains the car she goes yeah but what about the fake name and the guy last night what kind of a man has my mother gotten herself involved with he goes, I don't know, but I think I'd like to talk to him. So now we're back at the house and Dottie is talking to Amanda on the phone. I do like her in red too. She looks really good there, I think with a blonde. And so she's, Amanda's checking in with her, just saying, hey, sick tight. Dottie hadn't talked talk to Harry at that point. Um, and uh, she's like, sitting tight is not one of my strong points. Yeah, neither is it for your daughter. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> She's like, all right, bye-bye. And then she hangs up. She goes, I hate to sit tight. So now we see this beautiful estate. And actually, this estate is 782 West Potrero Road, Thousand Oaks, California. It's 27 acres, this place is. And the pictures I found, they are so pretty, but they're very, it's off market. You can't see much, but they're they're kind of a little blurry, but it looks like a major estate. It's really pretty. Nice. But that's what they've, uh, and they filmed quite a few things here before um, in other television shows too. I don't know. I would assume that they're, they're filming inside the house. It looks, I mean, I doubt they'd have, what are you smiling about? Just Daddy calling herself Dorothy. Get it together, Dorothy. Oh. Yeah, call a cab. I'll call a cab. <laughs> yeah, that is funny. I like when she, she hangs up the phone and then she picks it back up. She comes back and she goes, I don't have a car. <laughs> like he's still going to be there. <laughs> That house is very pretty inside, though. It's a little too traditional for me, but it's very pretty. Yeah. Yeah. So Harry's getting all, you know, like cold, kind of distant to her. And he's saying, 
that he's leaving town and she goes now listen you listen to me harry berrigan and he goes how did you know my name she's like don't worry about it It doesn't matter and she's like what i care about is you and i want to help and he says that he's on his way to the airport there's really nothing you can do and she's like yes there is there's always something harry she's not going to take no for an answer and she goes all right give me the address and he gives it to her so she writes it down on her little home improvement flyer she goes stay don't move until i get there she goes, okay, and then leaves. And then she comes back immediately and she goes, Harry, I don't have a car. <laughs> <laughs> she goes, okay, just get a hold of yourself, Dorothy. Cab. Of course, call a cab. All the yellow flowers were prominently there. She's wearing a nice ring. Sure yeah. is. There. Yeah. Would have been stabbed in her left hand. Yeah. Yeah, it's her, I'm sure it's her wedding ring. Pretty nice. Mm-hmm. Now, I've actually been to this bad guy house. We've used, We've seen this in Sudden Death for the dorm. And it was also used for Burnett's or in when they had uh, the charity event. That was supposedly where that was that took place. And then the times they are changing. <laughs> so apparently the thing the thing moves from California to to Germany. Um, so they've used it multiple times. It's really, really pretty up there. Um, didn't get to walk inside, but got to walk outside. And it is stunning. And then, ju- you know, just like put my face up against the window to look inside. It's crazy big like all these giant halls and it's just really pretty but we that's all we see is is this um kind of shot of it so this is where edinger's estate is trent comes up and he's like he tells him i need information about the berlin shipment he goes i'll get it and he's like you better be certain of that and then he he leaves and then he tells his little uh, goon a big goon he goes i'm not at all sure about him it might be a good idea to hedge my bet simons why don't you go over to van hagen's house and see if you can find anything useful he goes what about him he goes he may work out yet if not you dispose of him later gosh i was just realizing he's kind of a sean connery type yeah a little bit not as sexy though well of course (laughs) i do like a sean connery yep that's where i can get behind you on the older guy thing lex yeah, like he, moments like that with Sean Connery. <laughs> first night, I, I have I have a deep suspicion that the movie First Night with like Richard Gere and him in it. I think that was like my that was where it man. set it in. That was where it set <laughs> from. Oh man, that, I have that thing on repeat. That is not. I don't think I've movie, seen that. I'll have to check that one out. I, think I have either. This I, one's I, called First, first night. night. I know okay. I have it in my drawer because she oh. still watches it to this day. Oh. oh. I have to write that one down. But yeah, it's really good. It's, it's like a, <laughs> it's like a Guinevere, um, uh, or Guinevere Lancelot. Oh, okay. Like, okay. That, like retelling. It's very. Oh, okay. Very, I do know exactly which movie yeah. you're talking about. Okay. I, yeah, I actually might have so. seen that. I don't think I did. I, 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 for a time when I was in high school, early high school, I had, a, I had, I was obsessed with, uh, Camelot and Guinevere and, yeah. and, uh, Arthur and all that. Yeah. Um, I actually got to see Camelot on uh, a revolving stage in Chicago. It was really cool. Ooh, that's cool. It was really yeah. neat. Yeah. So Dottie Cab pulls up in front of this beautiful state. I love the little Juliet balcony on the windows, uh, the upper windows up there. It's so pretty. Mm-hmm. I don't, I'm not a big fan of the columns, but I do like the everything else in the house. I think that's pretty. And Dottie yells to him, the cabbie, you just wait, okay? Now she's in a great blue. I love her in that color, too. Yeah, that's very striking colors. Yeah. Yeah. Behringer is looking at the uh, shipping log, probably trying to find some information on the Berlin shipment. And then Dottie knocks on the door and comes in. 
And, and she she stops everything. She's like, is this Mr. Van Hagen's house? <laughs> Which is so dotty. She goes, what are we going to do? He goes, we're not doing anything. I'm, I'm going to go to the airport. She goes, you're not running away. He goes, these guys don't turn you over to the collections agency. You know, they, they get violent. She goes, I have a cab waiting outside. What are we waiting for? <laughs> Let's go. Oh, she's got blue with uh, the plaid. Did you see that? Mm-hmm, That's mm-hmm. cute. That's cute. I didn't see the plaid for a second. She had to change. Yep, she did. You're right, off. she did. <laughs> uh, and then we get a voiceover from from Lee. He's saying, you know, that, uh, of course, we got a flat tire. And he goes, uh, since Harry doesn't know we're, we're coming, he won't be upset that we're late. Which is true. Mm-hmm. And then we're uh, at Van Hagen's place. And... Uh, Simon is going through ransacking the house, looking for information. That bed is ridiculously over the top. <laughs> oh my goodness! Yeah, it's fancy. I like the, the color, like that. Th- that mauve color. Royal. Oh yeah. Oh wow, that's gets a little much. Little much. Even that like marble pillar thing when they when they're walking in um, that door too at mm-hmm. twenty thirty fifty four. That thing is. Bananas. It's a very stately mm-hmm. home. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's very stately for sure. As they're driving in the script, it's kind of a interesting little uh, exchange. Very short, but uh, Lee says, "What are you thinking about?" And Amanda says, "Mother, I really hate having to lie to her about where I am, what I'm doing, and you." Last night we were talking about men and relationships, and it was all I could do not to tell her everything. You're, you're a great big important part of my life and she doesn't even know it lee says it's frustrating i know i want to tell the world how much i love you but i can't so i have to be satisfied with telling you for now we'll have just have to stick to being just good friends and amanda says i've about worn out that line and then we go on to the rest i thought that was sweet i do like that line yeah amanda and lee make it to the house and yeah they come in and and it's yes various state uh, stately home for sure I do like the brick that's pretty the brick uh walk up there it's mm-hmm. nice and so Lee has Amanda check out the side and she's like uh looks like no one's home and he goes we better get ourselves inside huh so he pulls out the lock pick and uh they they come in and now Simon is upstairs and he's making his hasty exit so as they're walking in he goes, I better take a look upstairs. And then all of a sudden you hear a man grunting and then you see somebody jump down <laughs> and Lee chases after him. Amanda goes out as well. He runs out to his car and takes off. And as he's coming around the corner, Lee's coming around, walking over, running over and not Lee jumping. That wasn't Bruce jumping, obviously. And uh, the car almost hits him and they have a shootout. And the guy shoots his tire out, shoots his car and shoots his tire out. <laughs> He just had a flat tire. Now he's got to do another one. <laughs> and what's he doing? Like, if you're going to sneak around someone's house, why are you parked, like, in their driveway, like, nestled up back? I know. Exactly. Against the house. Yeah. I'd be, like, down the street, yep. you know, parked on the street at least. Right. It's just sort of odd. For a fast getaway. Exactly. And then uh, Lee comes down. So they've been there looking around, and Lee comes down, and he goes about the same upstairs, and she says, look at this. It's from the Kenley Club. And it says the Berlin shipment. And she goes, didn't that man hand Harry something? And he goes, yeah, she, it doesn't look good for her, her, his, her mom's boyfriend. And then she goes, yeah, and this is my mother's flyer. And it, this is her handwriting. And it's to this address, which she didn't know an hour and a half before. 
So she goes and uh, runs over and, and starts calling home and no one's answering. So you can see the worry on her face. She's definitely worried about her mom. She's like, what's going on? He goes, I can't tell without a program. It's getting real tough to tell who the players are here. He goes, look, why don't, you, we, why don't we try Billy? So then she hangs up and hands him the phone. He goes, so somebody searched Van Hagen's house, probably looking for the information on the Berlin shipment. And now Van Hagen's assistant is missing. And he goes, and that's not all, Billy. Uh, there's another issue. Amanda's mother is with Harry. He goes, Amanda's mother? How'd she get mixed up in this? He goes, well, <laughs> tell you the truth, it's a long story. He goes, damn it, the Berlin shipment is alpha one priority. Someone's mother should not be mixed up in this. He goes, all right, I'll tell her. He goes, oh, somebody shot out my tire. You're going to have to send someone to pick here to pick us up. And she's like, tell her what? He goes, Billy is issuing an agency alert on Harry and your mother. We're going to have to go to your house. They're going to need a picture. He needs a picture of her. You would think the agency would just on file have pictures of Amanda's family. Because <laughs> you, you know somehow they're going to need them. Yeah. They come uh, back to Amanda's and she goes right to the picture frame of her mother and the boys. And she goes, it was their Christmas present to me. She goes, oh, would you look at that? She had the worst time getting Jamie to smile. He had his new braces on. See, he was so self-conscious. And then she gets kind of sad. He goes, hey, come on. Come on. It's no time to be like that. Okay. You've got to think positively. She goes, I know. I know. You just, I'm just, you know, a little scared. He goes, I know you are, but we've, you've got to think that everything is going to work out. Okay. And then we hear Amanda's mother and she goes, Amanda. And he, she hands him the, oh, now there's different flowers. Those yellow flowers weren't there. Those were like burgundy flowers before. Hmm. And so she just starts talking and she goes, hello, Mr. Stetson. And he goes, hello, Mrs. West. <laughs> it's so weird seeing them interact together now because this is really the first couple times that we've seen them together, especially the first time with Amanda and them together, you know, because we saw yeah. him the first time was with Nightcrawler. She goes, mother, we went to Van Hagen's house, but Harry wasn't there. We found your newspaper. We must have just crossed each other. Anyway, I was right about everything. I was right about the mobsters, the money, the gambling. She goes, Harry, you're here. He goes, yes. She goes, thanks. Yes, thanks to me. And then she says, this, I'd like you to meet Amanda's gentleman friend. <laughs> he goes, I was just thinking maybe it'd be better if we did call the FBI. He goes, the FBI? <laughs> now, wait a second. She goes, she goes, will you help me talk some sense into the stubborn man? I mean, when you're dealing with blackmail, you have to get the feds involved. He goes, I have seen Ephraim Symbolist Jr. <laughs> she goes, mother, that was television. They just start all inner talking to each other, three of them, and it's getting a little chaotic. And Lee's like, hey, hey, hey. And then he finally whistles. I would love to be able to whistle like that, by the way. And they all stop and look at him. And he goes, can we talk about this? She goes, they're all like, sure, sure, sure. So now they're out in the back. And she goes, sugar, Mr. Stetson? And she goes, cream. I, I know that from work. You know, like she's trying to make it up. In the script, they actually screwed it up. She, she says, sugar, Mr. Stetson? Or no, she goes, cream, Mr. Stetson. And she and Amanda says, no, sugar. He doesn't like sugar. So obviously that writer didn't realize that. Mm -hmm. Bad writer, bad writer. I know. I wrote on there, <laughs> no sugar. <laughs> <laughs> Daddy looks at her like, yeah, of course, honey. So he's explaining that he drove the Bentley and then he started borrowing a couple of his jackets. Pretty soon I was believing that I was the rich one. She goes, he goes, how'd you find out about the... Uh, ben, uh, Kenley Club and he says he heard from another driver he goes I have always had a kind of a weakness for that I just want to have some fun so I used some of Van Hagen's ID to get in the club and then I started calling myself Harry Beaumont all the people in there used some pseudonym but I don't know I just it just sounded classier than Berrigan and it was exciting 
Gee, I never played for such a high stakes before until I started to lose. She goes, how much money do you owe Mr. Trent? Nearly 50000 but he wouldn't have if Trent hadn't been buying his markers. And Lisa, sure. Trent dangled the carrot. He goes, and I took a big bite. She goes, don't be too hard on yourself, Harry. It's a classic bail- blackmail setup. And then Dottie looks at her and she goes, or so I understand. <laughs> well, she goes, why would anybody want to blackmail him? She goes, well, I don't know. Did he ask for anything? This is when Amanda starts getting a little too, um, like, I don't, she's an agent. I don't know. Maybe <laughs> she's like trying to be an agent, but she's also trying to uh, just kind of look like she's falling into it. You know? Yeah. He goes, he said I wouldn't have to pay him if I'd give him something called the Berlin shipment. And she goes, the Berlin shipment. Well, do you have any idea what that is? He goes, no, I thought it might have something to do with Mr. Van Hagen's business. He's an air freight. He goes, but I checked his log and he hasn't scheduled any flights to Germany. And they kind of, the looks that those two give each other, mm, 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 that is so, yes, that, you know, very sexy. Just like yeah. the, the intimacy of knowing each other so well that they can just look at each other like that and get that. I think that's sexy to me. So he's, I, I do like it. I mean, it shows how far their yeah. relationship has come personally yeah. and professional that they know each other's mannerisms and they can just communicate mm-hmm. in subtle ways. So yeah. yeah, totally agree. So Harry says that he was just going to go hide out at his cousin's apartment in the Bronx until I could figure out what to do. He goes, then daddy talked me out of going. She goes, when you came in, we were talking about whether we should go to the police or the FBI. I mean, Harry has got to do have some kind of protection. He goes, well, I don't think there's enough time for the FBI to send someone out here. She goes, yeah, and you know, I, and I'm really not sure this is a matter for the local police. She goes, gee, I, he goes, why don't you call that agent that helped out? Remember when we had that security mix up? She goes, who was that? And they're both, and she goes, oh, Mr. Melrose. He goes, right, Melrose. <laughs> Yeah, Mr. Personality. She goes, well, he was efficient. All right, okay, I'll see if I can find his card. They can be like, his number is 555. <laughs> so now we're back at the agency. Lee comes in, looking pretty good there, I have to say. It says, Miles Trent, also known as Trent Miller. Miles the Squeeze. Miles the Squeeze. <laughs> okay, does her outfit not match, or is it just me? Does I like the crazy color combination. I love it. Okay, but we're 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 agreeing it's a crazy hand. combination. I love it. It's bold, okay. but yes, it is. It's a little out there. Yeah. Okay. Now her hair looks better here. Together. Her hair looks better. It looks, better. it looks slightly better. It doesn't it looks more purposely flat instead of that high and low? You know. Oh, I mean, it looks about the same, but there was a hat head going on before. I thought. Yeah, I don't see the hat head as much on this one. I, you know me, I'm just a fan. I love when it's wild and curly. That's my favorite look. I know for you do. You like, you like season two's uh, brunettes are in type uh, curl. Yeah. 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 This guy's got a rap sheet here longer than all our arms put together. <laughs> That's a pretty long rap sheet. It's mostly a two bit stuff. Cons, boudoir, blackmail. Then the Senator Castleton would be right up his alley. The congressional page broke down when I questioned her. Seems that she and the Senator shared more than a political affiliation. Well, if Trent is trying to find out about the Berlin shipment, then he's moved up to the majors. Yeah, but not alone. Trent doesn't usually dabble. You know, it's it's too high. It's a high end for him. So where does he get, you know, that where's who is he getting backed by is what they're trying to figure out. So they're trying to figure out how they can get him to tell him who's backing him. And so they come up with a pretty cool scheme, I think. It's pretty clever. Okay, now that I'm like paused here. 
Do you see his Lee's jacket? It's like got bur- burgundy and gray and blue all in there. Yeah, I guess I do see that now. I I would never have guessed that it had that much like color detail though. It's kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like carpet a little bit, but. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, wow. I actually kind of like it, but that's a pattern you kind of see somewhat on the floor, right? Oh, that's hilarious. Okay, Your sorry, jacket that. looks like the floor. <laughs> it's, it's, it's good for it when like, it drops hey, it. Hey, it looks like it belongs on my floor. Oh, so <laughs> <laughs> nice one. Lexi for the score. Yeah. In both ways. Lee's saying what we've got to do is set up a situation that that'll send Trent running to his man I think Harry can help Francine says uh, he says Francine call call Van Hagen and tell him to to stay stay prepared Lee is really cute he's like there's one more thing before we go he goes Amanda's worried about her mother he goes now you've met Mrs. West he goes okay all right tell Amanda not to worry I'll take care of her mother he goes good he's probably having (laughs) A panic, a small panic attack. Like, oh God, she's going to yell at me again. Right. (laughs) It hasn't been that long since Stemwinder. We're back at the home uh, at Amanda's house. And um, Mr. Melrose is there. Harry's there. Amanda and Dottie. And she's like really giving it to him. It sounds very much reminiscent to Stemwinder, actually. She's like, now if we have to, we'll bring in the lawyer. We can bring in Joe. And Amanda's like, mother. (laughs) She goes, we are talking about Harry's life. She goes, all right. She goes, you'll handle things. He goes, we'll conduct an investigation. Harry will have to be interviewed, thoroughly interviewed. I'll t- it'll take some time. She goes, how long will it take and where is he going to stay? And who's, he com- <laughs> who's coming? She goes, I've ex- I have experience with these people. And he's like, Dottie. He like calms her down and she just simmers right down, which is, that's kind of shows like why he's a good fit for her because he doesn't spin her up more. He brings her down. Like Amanda brings Lee down. You know what I mean? It's that. Yeah. Kind of yin and yang kind of thing. Yes. Ah, Jinx. (laughs) So Harry's like calms her down and he's like, you know, am I going to get charged for the gambling? And he says, probably not. But he goes, that's the least of your worries. And he's like, agreed. And I'll certainly do, you know, everything I can to cooperate. He goes, good. We'd like to get this done right away. So I've got a car waiting outside. And then he goes, can I just have a minute with Dottie? He goes, sure, of course. I love this. Amanda kind of nonchalantly walks over to him and she's (laughs) like... She goes, thank you for helping my mother, sir. My pleasure, Amanda. And she's so tall. She's so tall compared ah. to him. She's wearing the same outfit from Stemwinder, too. Is she? Mm-hmm. Oh, yep. Yeah, I thought yep. I recognized that. That was the outfit she woke up yeah. in uh, when they um, were in the box, the cardboard box, oh. in the start of Stemwinder, too. She was able to get, well, not that she was stained and that, you know, she was perfectly pristine. Yeah, she was after pristine after all that. So, so, yeah. She got all the stains out. But. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> But she was wearing pants with it, right, or something? No, it was it was that outfit. You wearing a skirt? Uh huh. It was she the was same. Wearing a skirt? Huh. It was the same outfit. Later, she's wearing. Uh, no, she was wearing. She, later in this in the episode, she was, and then she has jeans on later when they're running. She's got the mm. jeans on, yeah. But that top, she had that top on. But she had the whole outfit on in the earlier episode in Stemwinder one. Daddy really looks like a foxy grandma in her cute little jumpsuit with that I belt. thought so too. Like she, she looks so trim. Yeah, yeah she's very yeah. trim. I was going to say, yeah, she looks great. She does. She and looks sexy. Yeah, looks so cute. Yeah, because her weight kind of fluctuates in the series a little bit, but she's, this is, she's thinner here for sure, I think. 
And I when I when they're standing behind the couch here in a second, I'm not on there yet, but when they're on there, I'm thinking, boy, you can definitely see resemblance of the mother daughter. You know what I mean? Like it's yeah, similar builds and stuff. But it is a cute little jumpsuit. Ooh, and they kiss. I love this part. This is so cute. Mother, you alright? Harry said the sweetest thing to me. Oh. You're gonna tell me what it is? Of course not. She's like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> so cute. Yeah. Uh, so now we're back at the Kenley Club. There's a call for you, Mr. Trent. And he takes it. He's got a big old cigar in his mouth. He's a wannabe player, you know? He really is. So he goes, this is Van Hagen. He goes, oh, so you're throwing out your name. You know, he goes, yeah, you've got me. If word gets out, I'm in debt. You know, his, his business will be in trouble. So he wants to meet with him. He's like, okay. So Harry started this whole scheme up now. He goes, good work, Harry. Okay, this park, really pretty. It's the Johnny Carson Park in Burbank. Hmm. Yeah, it's not one we've... I think they use this one to say it's like Rock Creek Park, you know, I think in the past. Oh, so, but it's uh, Johnny Carson Park in Burbank, California. Harry's walking and then all of a sudden we see agency type vehicle coming and getting him. And then we have a bunch of agents all over the place. So Trent's picking this up and he's taking off. And then out of the blue, you hear Mr. Van Hagen, you're under arrest for conspiracy to commit treason. Trent's there. And then he goes, Hey, wait a minute. Hold on. And Lee comes up and he goes, come on. I'm with Van Hagen. He goes, I mean, they'll have your car cornered, but they haven't seen you yet. Come on. And he takes off with them. Look at Billy. He's in a three-piece suit, man. He's ready to go. He is. Ah. Looking snazzy. Harry's like, I appreciate all your, that you're doing, but I still don't know what's going on. <laughs> he goes, sorry, that's the way it has to be. So Lee is taking Trent back with him and the man is waiting in the car and he goes, fine, she'll do the driving. You'll do the talking. I want some answers. And they're like, oh, what the heck? So they're, they're selling it to him that they work for Van Hagen and that they set Van Hagen up so that he would get caught and they could then take, uh, you know, sell the Berlin shipment and make the money. They said, you know, we, we figure he, we have 12 hours before he'll, he'll be yapping his jaw and we'll be, you know, on our way with half a million dollars kind of thing. Kind of risky though. They set this whole thing up and he's kind of a wild cannon with that gun. Yeah, he is. They're crazy. Mm-hmm. He goes, because we're helping ourselves, Mr. Trent, or is it Trent and Miller today? Or Miles the Squeeze? Do you still have that extortion charge hanging over your head in New Jersey? Then there's your latest, Senator Castleton. I bet he's a lousy poker player. He goes, what do you want? He goes, we want to do business. Yeah, for the past couple of years, we've been helping Van Hagen sell bits and pieces of information about CIA operations. When we found out about the Berlin shipment, we decided it was our way to make a killing and take an early retirement. She says, we set him up. We figure we got about 12 hours before he starts shooting his mouth off about us, and we intend to be in Brazil by then. So if you want to know about the Berlin shipment, you've got to deal with us. And then Lee's like, hmm. He goes, how much? Say half a mil. You're crazy. I haven't got that kind of bread. So get it. So now we're back at the uh, Edinger estate. And he's like, how much more? 200 grand. It was an unexpected <laughs> development. Now, don't you even think about trying to hold me up? Whew. He is not happy. Not at all. This guy is way above his pay grade. He's into much too much. So now... This is all done on the lot as well. 
And he's like, I can't raise any more cash. And he's like, tough luck, pal. And they go to walk away. He goes, wait, wait, I've got info. I got to have that information. There must be some kind of deal we can make. He goes, all right, what do you got that's worth dealing for? He's like sitting there and she goes, the client list. And he goes, my list. Come on, that's my meal ticket. She goes, hey, sorry, the client list. <laughs> he goes, forget it. She's like, okay. He goes, all right, damn it, my list. He goes, and the 300 cash that you that you have. He goes, okay, but I picked the place for the transfer. For all I know, you're working with the FBI. And I don't plan to end up in one of their training films. <laughs> no, they're not with the FBI. <laughs> right. So they're doing the Kenley Club. He said he can control it a little bit more. He goes, he goes, but we want to make it look legit because for all we know, you're working with the FBI. He goes, can you fix it? She goes, he goes, can we fix it? She goes, <laughs> he goes, yeah, Craps dealer owes us a favor. I think we can fix it. And then he's like, bye. I'm like, go on. And then you can see Amanda, like just the, the curtain goes away and she's just like, oh, <laughs> like this is hard. We're at the Kenley Club and Trent comes in, Amanda and Lee are at the bar and uh, they see each other and then they, uh, go off to play so they're going to play craps now does anybody recognize the the pit boss it's francine <laughs> yeah i was I, I think i was a little bit below you because i'm looking at the guy next to like the dealer the dealer man i'm okay. like i don't recognize him oh. i was like shoot i'm gonna get another episode question wrong damn it <laughs> no, I, was, <laughs> I was giving you a freebie i was giving you a freebie so Okay, I've never seen a thousand dollar bill. <laughs> Have you guys? No. no. Are they legit? I don't Not know. In person. I don't know. Lena Amanda put down ten thousand for boxcars, and then Trent comes in and puts down a hundred, three hundred thousand against them, and Amanda rolls the dice and hits boxcars. So the um, ten thousand gets paid three hundred thousand. So that's how they transfer the money to them. So it made it look like it was real. And then Lee grabs the money and then opens up the, the seal on the, on the cash. And he can see that he's put his client list on there. The $1,000 bill was discontinued in 1969. So there was one once upon a time. So that's but, not even, but oh, not man. in 1987 it was it wasn't real. So that's. It would be really hard to find, I think, some brand yeah. new made fresh from them. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm sure they made, they've made all that up anyways. But <laughs> yeah, that's funny well, that they I would still one. use it. I, I, I want one anyways. <clears throat> in good condition, circulated notes in good condition are worth about 1800 and circulated notes it's an excellent condition can reach three grand oh my wow. gosh that's crazy now i really want one <laughs> yeah wow i think it's got who is this is this grover cleveland yeah grove cleveland on it that's who's on the thousand and there was also a 500 hundred dollar bill that had mckinley on it wow hmm. the more you know yeah i wouldn't mind some <laughs> yeah. of those Look around in those mattresses and add it. <laughs> yeah, you know, right. you never know what you might find. Wow. Not only $1,000, but then whatever it is on top of it, they ain't making bank. Yeah. <laughs> Plus, just to see one, that'd be kind of cool, though. Yeah, for sure. That's weird they used it in here, though. Yeah, yeah. That, especially that long it was... after it's been discontinued. I like how when they get the money, they're like, she's like, oh, let me just feel it. You know? <laughs> <laughs> See her hair well, looks. Francine's it. hair looks really cute there. I think it's when more. It's more boss, tame. Yeah. yeah, the the pit boss. Mm-hmm. It's more tame. You know, it's flatter and it looks more yeah. non eighties. 
Yeah, she looks good. They're about to roll the dice again, and then the 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 fuzz come in, <laughs> the federal agents come in, and everybody just runs like little uh, cockroaches everywhere. And uh, Amanda and Trent go to the back of the room, and then Lee goes after like he's gonna be all you know macho, and the money goes flying, and Billy shoots him, shoots him, but really doesn't. And now we're back. This is kind of funny. We're kind of full circle. We're back to where Lee was in uh, the the pilot, you know, on that back in the lot, uh, yeah. that, that uh, three-story fire escape type thing. It's mm-hmm. kind of funny. She's like, hey, my partner just, you know, I just lost my partner in there and the money. She goes, you take me to your buyer. I can recite everything. It's in my head. She goes, how do I know you didn't set us up in there? She goes, you better make up your mind fast, mister. So then he starts shooting so that they can get out of there. This is clearly not Kate because, one, you can tell it's not her. But then when you see her running, it's so not Kate either. <laughs> <laughs> it's still risky, though. I'm surprised. I, don't I know. know. That, I thought that, too. That guy, the agent could have gotten shot. Because yeah. she could, you know, he's off on her own. She mm-hmm. doesn't have a gun. She doesn't have backup. This she has, crazy. they have a tracker on her, but it's breaking up on her. Yeah, but it's different than... Mm-hmm. having true backup right mm-hmm. no i agree so now we're at the edinger estate and uh trent is bringing amanda there and edinger is not happy he's like what the hell he goes there was some trouble he goes who's she my source her partner bought it when we made the transfer she's like yeah he goes what about the berlin shipment she goes i got all the information you need but i need cash and a passport out of the country he goes hey that's that woman that that was at van hagen's house she goes yeah that's right we were there yeah that's the ticket so Edinger's got his spidey sensors are going off. And so he tells Simon to take uh, Trent's gun. And then uh, Lee comes in and shoots the bad guy, Simon. And then Lee gives Amanda the gun uh, to hold against Trent. And then he takes off. Look at this beautiful estate. Look at that. Yeah. It's Isn't that gorgeous? Mm-hmm. 27 acres in California. Can you imagine how much that thing's know. worth? Holy I Lord. want it. <laughs> I want it. so great uh-huh. I want it. so this old man thinks he's gonna beat up <laughs> scarecrow that's so funny he's gonna kick your old butt man take him to the woodshed yep mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's lee it's not lee it's lee it's not lee mm-hmm. Ooh, ooh. yep it's always that right hook that always gets him and then he falls into the water trough okay i don't like her jacket sorry i don't like that. Colors, Colors cool, great. Nothing for her. It is huge. It's huge on her. And then Amanda's got her gun and she's like got it up like this. She does not yeah. like holding the gun. You can tell. And so Billy and Francine come in. Uh, Francine in a poorly chosen jacket. Uh, and uh, <laughs> they cuff the bad guys and uh, and get out of there. And it says, you okay? He goes, yeah. He goes, but I think this fellow's luck just ran out. She hands him the gun. So in the script, it's a slightly different. Edinger's struggles to open the door. This they're at. Um, they're at. There's a helicopter. Okay, I forgot to mention that. There's a helicopter, and he's taking Amanda with him as insurance. And as Edinger struggles to open the door, Amanda manages to twist away from him and kick him squarely in the shin. As he reacts to the sudden pain, she grabs his arm and smashes his hand against the side of the copter forcing him to drop the gun lee moves in and takes edinger out with a few well-placed punches then moves to amanda he says you okay she says you took your sweet time getting here he goes we had a little trouble staying locked on your transmitter lee waves at billy and francine who are taking trent and simons out of the house 
Leah continuing says, well, it's still early and we're all dressed up. Want to get some dinner? She says, that sounds good. He goes, maybe a little dancing afterwards. She goes, even better. He goes, he says intimately. And after that, she goes, don't push your luck. And now their smiles, we fade out. <laughs> so that was right after this like crazy yeah. scene. Yeah. He just was like, let's grab some yeah, dinner. Yeah, let's grab some dinner and go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. This writer's got some interesting choices. <laughs> He's feeling frisky at very inopportune moments. Yes. I mean, well, I'm, glad, I'm glad it was different in the show. Yeah. In, in the yeah. film version. Yep, for sure. So now we're back at Amanda's and Harry's saying goodbye to Dottie. So what happened is Van Hagen got Harry a job as a chauffeur in Switzerland. And he's going to be going and doing that. That's pretty a pretty nice understanding person to do that because what the heck he used his name he went into his clothes his car he could have he could have like ruined his business i mean that was if anything else had done gone differently it really could have screwed him up so he's probably like i don't want this guy working for me i'm gonna get him a different (laughs) job i'm gonna get him (laughs) maybe he got him a job at his like his his uh frenemy you know somebody doesn't like (laughs) You know, I know this guy. He'd be really good for you. <laughs> he's saying there's no charges against him and he's going to go. And But Dottie's sad because she really felt she could have a relationship with him. But now he's going. And he, she's like, well, it's great. You're very lucky. And he goes, well, if I was lucky, I would be staying here, which is sweet. But it's also easy for him to say because he's leaving. You know what I mean? Right. I don't know. I don't trust the guy myself. I don't know. Yeah. He's, a freaking yeah. he's just yeah. a little flaky. Yeah. And just, you know deceptive mm-hmm. yeah daddy's like and you're gonna be a swiss banker chauffeur you're so lucky like what is what dreamland is she living in right now that is not well he's not, i mean, I mean he will be in switzerland that's pretty cool you know yes they have the sweetest little tiniest little kiss and then he says bye to her and she looks pretty sad her nails she's got the french tips on she doesn't have the red usually mm-hmm. she has that striking red on yeah. So she goes up by the stairs and Philip looking very old for his for him right now. Uh God, did you have those, Jen, where you had your sunglasses on the little string? No. Oh, I well, did. Well, no, except when I was skiing or something, I had those. Because mm. okay. I lost them. They would be around yeah. the back. But... Yeah, yeah. Oh, I totally did. But he's he was very sweet. He asked her if she's okay and she's, you know, saying she is. I do like Amanda's outfit here, that black and gray. Mm-hmm. I think it looks really sharp. Yeah, she looks good. I, her hair is a little big, there. but it looks... Style is great. She's looking a little different. Yeah. She's wearing something different, you know? Yeah. Like, for her. It's more tailored. That sweater's very tailored to her and everything. Yeah. But Dottie's saying, you know, when you when the moment's gone, it's gone. And Amanda's feeling really bad. And Dottie says, if you ever find that you have a good thing going, don't hesitate. And then you hear Lee being introduced to Philip. They they finally meet each other. This is why you can't have Santa's got a brand new bag before this one. You just can't. Yep. Yeah, that's kind of weird. Yeah. Although I have to say I am glad that we did it this way anyways because we'll be doing, we'll be recording Santa's got a brand new bag right around, right before Christmas. Yep, our last episode for holiday break. Yeah, that's so nice. When I'm looking... Yeah. I, to be honest, I did watch um, uh, Santa's Got a Brand New Bag first. And oh, then did I was you? Like, you know what? I feel like we switched it. But I thought we did so that we could just watch. Oh, no. Um, we did it because of, of having but, that. Yeah. yeah. That's great. It really worked out timing-wise. Yeah. And timing work. It just, we fell into that for sure. Yeah. But um, so now Philip and Lee have met, which is great. And 
he's coming in and and yeah her outfit's really cute it's very um stylish i think mm-hmm. it's simple it's simple but nice mm-hmm. and so lee comes in and she goes oh mr sesson he goes please call me lee and then he hands her the flowers and said these are for you because he knew she was having a rough time that's so sweet oh very thoughtful very thoughtful and she's like oh and looks at amanda and she's just like oh she goes thank you he's like you ready to go she goes, yeah, let me grab my coat. She goes, is this another premiere? He goes, no, just dinner. She goes, dinner. That's nice. Now she's like, he's a 12, not the I know, right? flowers <laughs> And then he even said bye to Philip, which was nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then Dottie stuffs her face into the flowers, and then she just kind of looks, looks off. That's sweet. Yeah. That was a nice one. I mean, it's not an exciting, super mm-hmm. exciting one, but it has some moments in there. Yeah. It's cute. It was fun to see more of Dottie and, you know. Yeah, and for characters. sure. Just a little bit of difference in the end here. Uh, Lee says, hi, Amanda. Hello, Mrs. West. And she says, Mr. Stetson, this is a pleasant surprise. He goes, call me Lee. These are for you. She goes, why, thank you, Lee. And Amanda says, ready to go? He goes, yeah. She goes, another film premiere? He goes, no, just dinner. She goes, that's nice. Have a nice time. And Amanda, remember, she who hesitates. And Amanda says, I'll remember a mother. And Lee, and Amanda, as uh, Lib goodbyes and cross to the front door, as Lee is helping her on with her sweater, he whispers in her ear, what was all that about? She goes, oh, just another mother-daughter talk. The exit on Dottie's pensive smile. Freeze frame, the end. So I do like what we got. For sure. This is one where I feel like every, well, I mean, there's one really cute scene between Lee and Amanda, like the extra dialogue and stuff. But I feel like in this episode, most every change that they made from the script to the film version, the film version was better. Yes, I agree. I agree. Sometimes it's like a mix bag and then Mm -hmm. other times, yeah, it's all that. Yeah, Yeah. it was good. Well, thanks for doing that. always fun to hear those differences yeah (laughs) yeah yeah or or go it makes you appreciate sometimes what was filmed and how they tweaked Mm -hmm. it to make it better yeah yeah and then other times you're like damn it why didn't they show that Mm -hmm. we have selected some videos from the video vault that fit with the episode any number can play and these particular videos all celebrate the wonderful character dotty witt played by beverly garland the first set of clips were put together by Lovis and Kay and feature all the times Lee and Amanda had to dodge Dottie, set to the music The Entertainer by Marvin Hamlish. The second video is also about Dottie and uses the song Mama Said by the Shirelles with the video put together by Westy Ray. And as a bonus, we have two video compilations created by Moxie's SK Vids. The first is SK Words of Wisdom and has all those great Dottie clips and her wonderful sayings. Most of these are from season one, but are classic all the same. And the second is SK on the phone, and in this case, it's between Dottie and Francine. It's put to get, also put together by Moxie's SK Vids. Since this episode has a lot of fun phone conversations, we'll celebrate this by checking out this uh, special video. And as usual, all these videos can be found on YouTube, and we provided the links on our website at nkcpodcast.com in the show notes. It's time once again for Dottie to grace us with her recommendations for fanfic that tie into this episode. Her first recommendation is Just Dinner, written by Clag Janet in August of 2020 and has just under 1,500 words. This is a tag extension for the episode. What happened after we saw them head out for dinner? Dottie's second recommendation is Any Number Can Play Tagalog by Amber Stockton. Yet another tag extension for the episode. We hope you'll check out these stories. We'll provide links on our website at mkcpodcast.com in the show notes. 
So thanks everyone for joining us as we chatted about the episode Any Number Can Play. And we look forward to discussing Santa's Got a Brand New Bag next time. If you haven't already, please join our NKC Facebook group for more detailed discussions and episode information. And visit our website, Twitter, and Facebook pages at NKC Podcast. Take care, and until next time, NKC Ladies signing off. Bye. 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 Bye.